Well, you know, thanks for being here. We, we realize that there are a lot of other things that you could be doing on a Sunday morning. And so thanks for being here because we, every week we pray that God would give you a return on your investment of your time here. So we do not take this lightly at all. So we really just treasure being with you and worshiping God together as part of the regular rhythm of our lives every week. We are going to uh, continue the series on what is worship. And if, if you were here or recall or maybe listen to the podcast back in April, we started the series and we, we did the sweep through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And we looked at examples in the Bible of what is worship. How did the people of God respond to him and outward expressions of gratitude and thankfulness and surrender? And uh, our conclusion from that was that uh, only God is worthy of our worship. We saw him as the central figure in the entire story, and he continues to be the central figure in our lives moving forward. Then two weeks ago, we picked back up in the series with uh, a candid conversation about how worshiping the one true God sets us free from the idols or the lowercase gods that would otherwise divide our attentions or affections. They would pull us back from something less than the full real life that Jesus came to bring. And then last week, Ben encouraged us by sharing his own personal idols, the things that pull him away and hold him back in just a very candid way to let us know that we're not alone in this journey of faith. We're not alone in this journey of responding to a God who's pursuing us and that we're all enrolled, every single one of us, in the school of the Holy Spirit as learners, as students, and the things that God wants to teach us. And then today we're going to continue this series with a message titled Songs Are Places We Go. And we're going to look specifically at worshiping God through song and also take a look at how God's given vineyard a unique deposit in this regard and we consider it part of our heritage. So let's pray before we get started. Lord, thank you for who you are, and for what you want to do in our lives today. Lord, you're so good and so loving, and we just trust you with this time and with our lives this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would speak very clearly to us and into our hearts about how you want us to respond to you and your pursuit of us um, through worshiping you in song. And Lord, that you just impact our lives for the better as we connect with you and each other through the rest of this morning that we have together in your name. Amen. So the first thing I want to uh, talk about is that great songs, just think of great songs in general, when you're thinking to, who do you like, Beatles, Eagles? Think of the great songs of your life. What makes those songs so great to you or so meaningful to you in part is that they say something that you, it resonates with you. They, they have a message or a sound or a, a moment. Sometimes it, there's just a moment in the song that just somehow connects with you. Great songs are like Hallmark cards. They have this message. They say what you've maybe always wanted to be able to say, but maybe better than you might be able to say it. You know, if you think about shopping for a card for someone's birthday or an anniversary or graduation, 
and you're scanning the either the online, the e-cards, or at a store looking at the array of cards available, it's like, no, 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 not it, not it, not it, boom. And then the one hits you. It's like, yes, this is what I want to be able to say to this person. This is this is it. These are the words. And and then when you find that one card, you say, if only I could, I mean, at least this is what I say, if only I could have thought to write that, you know, then I'd be making the money off of that card or whatever it was. So uh, in this regard, I found one of these to be actually quite, uh, good. I'm going to read a brief uh, card. It's a humorous card. I think it's quite funny, and I wish I had written it. It's a letter to Noah, and I thought it was quite creative. It says, Dear Noah, we could have sworn you said the ark wouldn't leave till five. Sincerely, the unicorns. <laughs> now, I thought the dragons wrote that, but apparently it was the unicorns. So, Hallmark card saying what we wish we could have come up with ourselves. But it's also, it's more than that. It's not just when we're fumbling for the words. It's just something that resonates with us. It connects with us in a, in a meaningful moment in our lives or a circumstance we're going through. And so songs take you places. The great songs of our lives take us places. One of the, you know, most um, commonly heard critique of a song is this doesn't go anywhere. You know, on a song that you don't like, I'll say that all the time. It's just, this isn't going anywhere. What am I saying? I'm saying it's not taking me anywhere. It's not taking me to a place I want to go. And the songs I love and cherish are those that actually take me somewhere. I'll give you a few examples. When you need energy in the morning, when you need energy in the morning, like all of us, <laughs> you drink coffee or you Plug in a tune that's got energy, it's got an uplifting message, a driving beat. In the Mills household, I give, we're gonna play an example. This was, this is a song, and you'll have to, you know, refrain from casting judgment on your worship leader for listening to this song. It's a quite heavy tune, but it's the kind of thing that uh, we need in the morning to get up and going, get ready for school, get the house clean, get out the door. And so this song is by Evanescence, and it's called Bring Me to Life. Yeah. So that song, I, I have, you can, can you see verifiably goosebumps? <laughs> it takes us somewhere. It takes us to a clean house and a school and a... What is your song? What's your get up in the morning song? Think about that. I'm going to ask you in a, in a moment, not now, but I'm going to ask you to write down some of the songs on the connect card, because I'm really interested to know the phrases or songs that are meaningful to you. But what's your get up in the morning song? Another one. Songs have the power to take you right back to a specific moment in your life. A song can take you right back to a dance floor with your sweetheart. And Amy is beaming back there. My example of this one is Lady in Red by Chris DeBurr. And this song, every time I hear it, in fact, I got choked up this morning, because it takes us back, takes me back to one of our first uh, dances that we, it was your your brother's wedding reception. And uh, this is a, a piece of that song that takes me right back. So I'm right back there 16, 17 years ago dancing with 
my sweetheart, who's still my sweetheart today. And those words probably mean even more to me now than they did even then. What's your song? What's your song that takes you back to that special moment, maybe for you? Some of them aren't even positive. Some of, some of them might ha- have heartache to them because they represent a, a moment of loss or a breakup or some other event or circumstance in your life. So it's not just positive, but it's negative. It, it can be a mix of a broad, a broad range of emotions, those songs that take us places. Well, worship songs are no different. Worship songs, the great worship songs, they resonate with us at a, at, at a level that we couldn't otherwise articulate or express. There's something that happens in the singing of a worship song that just doesn't happen through prayer or fellowship or any of the other kinds of things we do as Jesus followers. They enable us to express what we're feeling to God in ways that we might not otherwise be able to express. For Amy and for me, the example I have here is in a very dark time of our lives when we were trying to conceive and trying to have a baby and couldn't. This went on for multiple years, and one of the songs that particularly for Amy just got her through that period of our time, of our lives, was Blessed Be the Name by Matt Redman. And this is just, this is an amazing song, and we're just going to excerpt the bridge here because there's a particular line that was so meaningful to us. So that not only takes us probably right back to that moment, but it was such a a boon to us. It was such an anchor to us. It was such a connection with God in a very difficult time of our lives. And we decided that whether he was giving us that baby or not giving us that baby, we were going to choose to say, blessed be your name. So what have been the hallmark worship songs for you? And this is where I want you to take out your uh, connect card. I know you've probably already filled it out, but there's some, there should be some space maybe on the back side. Just jot down even a couple lines or just a couple words or phrases or song titles. What are the hallmark worship songs or songs in general that have really been meaningful to you? Because I'd like to kind of pull those together and just take a look at where our church family is at in terms of what's resonating, what's connecting with you. We'll just give a, just a moment to do that. So songs play a role in our journey of faith that nothing else does. That's to, it's not to minimize in anything else. It's not to minimize reading the Bible. It's not to minimize connecting with one another through friendship. It's not to minimize reaching out to others and sharing the real life that Jesus came to bring with others and his love for them. It's not to minimize any of those other expressions of faith. It's just to say that songs have a unique role in our journey of faith. And it's for this reason that uh, we consider it such a privilege in the vineyard that we feel that God, in the very early days, late 70s, early 80s, when the vineyard was first getting started, God really placed a deposit with the vineyard. And that deposit is this passion for just singing really simple love songs to Jesus. And it sounds really basic now to say it, because so many uh, faith traditions are doing that today. But if you rewind several decades to the moment of the birth of the vineyard and the vineyard movement, the songs of the day, largely speaking, I would say were songs more about God, meaning 
in more of a third person kind of way, singing about God. And what part of what God was doing in the vineyard in that time was birthing songs that were just these super, super acoustic guitar love songs to Jesus that were to him in a very intimate and personal way and emotional. I remember walking into one of my first vineyard services in the mid nineties and, uh, the songs are playing and people are crying and I can't figure out what's happening. People are crying and singing and trying to do both at the same time, which doesn't usually work very well. And uh, a little bit almost judgmental, critical. And then the next time I came back, it was happening to me. I was the one sobbing and trying to make it through. But that was the Holy Spirit. Just experiencing the Holy Spirit and, and getting touched by him. And if you don't know that, no one tells you that that's what's happening. You kind of get like, what is going on here? But this is a deposit God was um, putting inside the vineyard, and it continues to this day. And I want to give an example, two examples here, um, about what I'm talking about. Songs about God and songs to God. The first one is Jack Hayford's Majesty, which is probably, according to CCLI, the, the Christi- Christian copywriting uh, licensing, I don't know what the I stands for, but it's basically they keep track of where, you know, who's playing what songs. And Majesty consistently for the last several decades has been one of the most sung songs in the worldwide church. And uh, so we're just going to play about a minute from this song from the Gaither uh, band. This is a recording from the Gaither vocal band. So that's uh, Majesty. Amazing, powerful song about God and, and who he is and who Jesus is. I'm going to contrast this song now with a song written in the vineyard. And this, I believe, was in the mid-90s, a song by Craig Mousseau called Arms of Love. And in this song, just think about the contrasts about God. Now think about to, to Jesus, simple love song to Jesus. So very, very different, isn't it? And I think the point here is we need both kinds of songs. We need both songs about God, who he is, who Jesus is in a very kind of declaring kind of way. And we need songs that are just you and me, Jesus, right here, right now. You're holding me close in your arms. And that's the heritage of the vineyard, or at least part of it, is that intimate, simple song right to Jesus. And now many, many, many church traditions across the Big C Church are experiencing both kinds of songs together in a way that I would argue wasn't happening necessarily as much or as richly as before that initial deposit from God into the vineyard movement. So I just feel like it's a real blessing to be part of that. I think, this is my opinion, but I think God deposits something special in every church tradition with the intention to bless the wider church. And so this is just one example from the vineyard, but there are examples from Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, on and on and on of deposits God made in those traditions to bless the big C church. That's my personal opinion. But in our church family, we've distilled the essence of these kind of uh, values. There are six, loosely six, because I kind of added a seventh one, but six values that 
encapsulate this thing I'm talking about, this deposit I'm talking about. And those six values are represented in an acrostic, which is just the word is simple, and then each letter represents something. So simple, S-I-M-P-L-E. We're going to talk about S is simple. I is intimate. M is ministers directly to God. P is very participative. L is life-changing. And E is excellent and expressive. I couldn't pick between them, so I put them both in. So it's simple the So we're going to walk through these six, um, bearing in mind the examples that we just listened to and the, the ones that you put on your card. Do, do, do any of these characteristics mark the ones that are in your card and help explain maybe why they might have been so impactful in your life? So simple, S is the first letter, simple. Voice is the primary instrument. You know, if you listen to that recording of Arms of Love, everything else was laying way back in the mix, and that voice is what was the main instrument. They sing a simple song of love, and the voice carries the whole thing. Everything else sits behind that. Um, there are examples where that's not the case. I, this uh, church, I bless it, will remain anonymous, uh, but I do have a somewhat... Um, Interesting story of a church I visited a while back where I was so enamored by how sweet that electric guitar sound was that I missed the entire worship experience because he was just tearing it up. And I was so distracted by this instrument. It was loud in the mix because he was amazing. So why wouldn't the sound guy just boost him up? And I walked away, though, a little bit empty-handed as a worshiper. And in, for, in reflecting back on why that was, it was because it wasn't simple. It, it, was, it was a bit complex. It was a bit distorted. The, the voice wasn't the primary instrument of what was happening. And... So another aspect of this simple or simplicity is that typically the songs we sing are songs you can learn like one time through. It's like one time through and then the reprise, I'm there, I'm in, I got it, I can sing it. There are a few exceptions, and I'll admit we have a few wordy songs that have, we've kind of grandfathered them in over time. They just, they become part of our, the fabric of our experience and they're a bit wordy, they're a bit more complex than maybe other ones. But by and large, this is true of the songs we sing. They're very simple, the voice is the main thing, and uh, you can learn them pretty much one time through. The other way we express that value is we, we put, we always have the words accessible, you know, you can follow along. And even before we had the cool high-res displays back in the days of the overhead projectors, Amy was our, she was awesome at transitioning the transparencies between songs in a way that was not distracting, very smooth and seamless. So these, the technology makes it look so easy today. So that's S, simple. The second letter in, in the acrostic simple is I for intimate. 
And this is an intimacy at, at multiple levels. It's intimacy between the worship leader and the people. And I'll, I'll talk about that for just a minute. One of the things that I've been pushing our team to do is um, getting rid of the stands. We're working our way there. We're working our way towards this. But the reason for that is intimacy. Because as I feel, at least when I'm helping facilitate worship, is anything that's like physically between us, it just feels like let's get that out and let's have more intimacy. Let's have more connection. So we're working towards that. So you can keep asking me and keep saying, hey, how's that coming? Uh, occasionally when we have new, newer songs, I pull the stand back. You'll find I pull the stand because I'm trying to learn a new song. Uh, but more importantly, I think is, oh, I wanted to touch on this because um, how much eye contact is appropriate? Let me, so I always wonder this, like, you know, if I'm looking for too long, it's a little awkward. I have to move. Okay, so just I'll just do a, a constant rate scan now. I'm not looking at anyone too long, so but I'm still have my eyes open. I'm just wondering. I'm just I'm trying to keep it real. How how long is too long? Is is it kind of you know one second is a is about kind of it. One okay, move on, move on, and move on. Okay. So I'm still learning about that, but I think it is important, the intimacy between us as we engage God, as we sing. And then the second half, I'm usually just totally eyes closed anyway. But I think more importantly is intimacy with God, intimacy between God's people and God. That's the most important intimacy. What does that look like? We say we have a phrase, and I don't even know where this came from. Ben probably knows we have an audience of one. We have an audience of one. There's really one person in the stands to whom we're singing, and it's Jesus. And that's such an important and helpful picture to have in mind, is that really it's just about aiming our lives at him and singing to him and responding to him and how he's impacting us. So that's such an important intimacy is the audience of one kind of intimacy. So that's the I in simple. The M, S-I-M, is ministers directly to God. And this is that carrying the vineyard heritage forward. It's that simple love songs to Jesus. Imagine how odd would it be if Amy were right next to me, and I just kept referring to her in third person all the time. Amy was very helpful the other day uh, to me. I had a bunch of work to do, and she, and but I'm, I'm kind of trying to have a conversation with her, but I'm talking about her as if she's not there. It would be a bit odd. In the same way, I think that songs about God, songs to God, it's both. Because I think there is a there's a third-party affirmation I can tell you about Amy and how helpful she was to me. But then there's talking, saying, Amy, I, you know, thanks, honey, for helping me get that work done by maintaining everything else while I got that project done. So there's both, there's the third party, there's about her to you, but there's also just directly to her 
in a, in a way that would be much more meaningful to her than just always a third party talking about her. So that's that mix of about and to. But M is ministers directly to God. P, S-I-M-P, P is participatory or participative. We say that inclusivity and accessibility trumps style and uniqueness every time. So we're not, we're not, admittedly, we're not winning any, you know, music awards up here. Uh, that's not our point. That's not our goal. That's not our aim. Our, our aim is that we are all engaging in singing our hearts out to Jesus. And when that happens, when we reach that all skate where we're all in and all engaged, that is the coolest moment of our time together, in my opinion. Um, plus, it's just a lot more fun if you're up here when everybody's in. Um, it just is. Trust me on that. It's, it's just a lot more fun when it's an all skate and we're all in our own way. It's not a prescribed response. It's not a, there's not a target state that we're trying to achieve. It's just, an engagement at whatever, wherever I'm at with God, personally, I'm responding to him in the way that makes sense for where I'm at with him. But then collectively, we're doing that as a church, as a family. And so there's something that happens in that moment that's not possible in any other exchange. So it's very participative or participatory. Participatory. Yeah, that's a word, isn't it? So all skate. It's all in. The L in simple is life-changing. If we're just going to come on a Sunday morning, have a little coffee, have a little chat, listen to a nice little sermon, sing a few songs and go home, let's just quit now. Nobody wants that. We're here because we want to be changed. We're here because we love Jesus. We're here because we want him to make us more into who he's made us to be, to live the life that he would live if he were us. And so it's life-changing. Our prayer every week is, when I'm preparing the set for worship, I am always praying, God, please, don't let this be just another series of songs. That's the last thing I want. We want to experience you. We want to be changed. We want it to be meaningful. We want to leave different than we came. And so that's that life-change aspect, the L in simple for life-changing. It's never about just doing the things we do. It's about being changed by the God who loves us. And then E in simple, and I couldn't pick, so I picked both, is excellent. It's also expressive. There's a degree of excellence in what we're doing. Somebody told me one time, hey, Jeff, that was really good. It was almost like you practiced that. I said, well, yeah, we we do practice, you know, every, every week. We we practice. Um, we do practice. Why why do we practice? Well, because we want it to be excellent. We want the experience to be excellent. We don't we're not trying to achieve perfection and again, we're not trying to get to some recording label or something. It's we want the experience of God to be excellent and to experience his excellence. And so it's hard work and preparation, but those things lay the foundation for spontaneity and flow. 
the excellence we're seeking is God's excellence. And we'd want to make sure we're not making what we have into our own idol. So to tie it back to last week and the week before, uh, sometimes the practice of singing to God and what we do and how we do it in and of itself, if we're not careful, becomes its own obstacle in our way to get to God. The journey to God becomes cluttered by the vehicle that we're trying to use to get to that place in God. That electric guitar is so hot in the mix and he's so amazing that it's actually distracting me from encountering Jesus, the person I came to be encountered by. But it's also the E is expressive. And I thought it was illegal to have a message without having any scripture in it. So (laughs) if you have your Bible or your Bible app, or you can follow along on the screen. I want to, these are all in the Psalms because the Psalms are all about these just candid, all out love songs to God. Just amazing, you know, Break the teeth of the wicked is one of my favorite lines from the Psalms. Just it's that out there. It's that in your face and just raw human emotion and passion responding to God. I want to look at Psalm 95, one through six, Psalm chapter 95, verses one through six. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us give a joyous shout to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Let us sing sing him psalms of praise. For the, for the Lord is a great God, the great king above all gods. He owns the depths of the earth, and even the mightiest mountains are his. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. So in one, in six verses, we've got singing and shouting and bowing and kneeling. These are all the expressions of worship to God in just such a short, you know, high potency portion of the Psalms. I want to look at three more. One is Psalm 88, Psalm chapter 88, verse 9. Just a few page turns back. The psalmist in this psalm says, My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my pleading hands to you for mercy. It's just such a picture of desperation. And compare and contrast that with the one in Psalm 95, where it's just praising God and thanking Him and worshiping and kneeling and bowing before the Lord our Maker. This one is, I am just torn up. I can't even see because there's so many tears in my eyes. My hands themselves are pleading in in just help me, God. So this is a very different moment. Just a few chapters earlier in the Psalms, huge range of expressiveness. Go to the third one, which is Psalm 150. Psalm chapter 150 or the 150th Psalm, I guess would be a better way of saying it, not chapter 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his heavenly dwelling. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the trumpet. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. 
Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that lives sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. At some point, I'm going to sneak behind those drums again. We're going to have the clashing of cymbals. And uh, then the last one is Psalm 40, the 40th Psalm, verse 16. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness. Psalm 40, 16. Sorry, I'm going a little fast. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. All right, we're going to do this, right? So on count of three, we're going to shout, the Lord is great. But we're going to do it three times because the first time is usually a little weak. So we'll give ourselves three to kind of build up to it. All right. One, two, three. The Lord is great. The Lord is great. The Lord is great. Doesn't that just feel good? Uh, I have to tell a very quick story. I was uh, commuting to work the other day. And I don't remember what song was on, but it was one of those that was just pumping and connecting with me. And I just started shouting. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I look over and there's somebody looking at me. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those. You go to shake someone's hand. And they're not there. You're just like, okay. <laughs> so you do have those moments. So simple. The acrostic simple. Simple is... Simple, intimate ministers directly to God, participatory, life-changing, excellent, and expressive. Just kind of a, a bundle of values that represents what we're doing every week when we gather and worshiping God through song. But it also, I believe, is a decent representation, a decent sampling of part of the vineyard heritage that God gave us, we talked about. So a few practical tips. I just want to go on record as saying the first tip. Nobody's watching you, honestly. And I know because we're looking at each other every week. So I know what's going on. And I've never in in 20 years of being involved in worship contexts, whether behind the drums or whatever, I have never, ever once witnessed anyone studying someone else as if to like, well, I wonder why she's not raising her hands. Or I, gee, you know, it seems like he's getting a little crazy over there. I've never seen that. So just to kind of, you know, get that off the table. No one's watching. God is. He's our audience of one. His eyes are on us. But no one else's eyes. So we, we can just, that, that kind of social, weird, peer pressure thing, we can just take that off the table from square one. The second one is, I, in my experience, the place of most potential is at the edge of my comfort zone. The place of most potential of experiencing God is at the edge of what I'm comfortable with. And so the second tip is challenge what's comfortable. Challenge what's comfortable. And that's not just uh, a self-serving tip, 
of I'm wanting the church to be more expressive when we're worshiping through song. That's just, I believe God's best for us is at the edge of our comfort. And I think that if we put it in the context of what we're comfortable with, we're missing it. But if we put it in the context of what God's worthy of, we're on to something. And so there's a bit of a humorous example here with respect to hands. What do I do with my hands? Is this a first step kind of hands are? couldn't really see my hands if you were over there, but I do have them up. Or maybe I'm here now. I'm really pushing it now. Because if you're in the back, you still wouldn't be able to necessarily see that I've got my hands up. Or the cool one-arm one. This is good. Or, you know... There's a whole range of expressiveness just just in one gesture, and it depends on the moment that you're in with God. Sometimes it's just sitting down and being silent is the most appropriate response for you in that moment with Him. And that's the thing is there's no there's no programmatic target. There's no. It's an individual response to where God has you, and we each have different comfort. Zones, And I'm just making the case that the place of most potential in experiencing him is probably more at the edge of that zone than in the middle of it. The third tip is just be human. And maybe this means more to me than to some, or maybe more applicable to me, because I tend to get in robot mode of just doing and not feeling. But we're human. God made us human. He made us emotional. He made us emotional beings. So if we're feeling a cry in our throats, just go let that happen. I know I tend to just try to control the thing so that I can maintain that that kind of uh, appearance of things or appearance of being in control of myself. But you know what? If God's touching your heart and you feel like crying, cry, be human. If he's filling your heart with joy and you're just all of a sudden you feel like you're laughing or whatever that is, let it out. That the shout repeatedly shout, pray, uh, the Lord is great. The Lord is great. Did anybody feel like kind of a release in the room when we did that? It's like a collective. Um, we're just pushing to the edge of our comfort zone, the place of most potential. So be human, I guess, is the third the third tip. There are two opportunities coming up that I want to highlight. One is uh, Fresh Wind that Lori mentioned. Um, or did you not mention that? So Friday, this Friday, August 30th, right? We're still on. Okay, just checking. We're very flexible. So part of being flexible is you have to keep making sure everything's still... Fresh wind, and that's just an opportunity for an extended time of just singing to God, singing simple, intimate love songs to Jesus as a group, and then praying for each other as the Holy Spirit is is moving in our midst. The second opportunity is a worship workshop uh, that I just posted on the city last night. So if you want more details, you can go there. But it's September 7th, uh, Saturday, September 7th, from 9 to 11 a.m. in this room. And we're just going to gather. This will be our third one we've done. Very informal, low pressure zone type of an environment where we just 
bring whatever instrument you play, bring whatever voice you have, and we'll worship God through some songs together. Try different things. It's a, a safe zone, safe environment to do that. Okay, so to wind it up, we've 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 experienced a few, at least, samples of my songs, places places uh, that I go with some of the songs. You've written a few of them down um, in your Connect card, and so we got to experience how songs are places we go. We saw a little bit about the vineyard heritage, that deposit of just simple love songs to Jesus that um, God gave the vineyard, and then it literally uh, had a outward effect, uh, an expanding effect in the broader church, the big C church. And then we looked at the kind of simple as the S-I-M-P-L-E, the values of vineyard worship, simple, intimate, ministers directly to God, participatory, life-changing, excellent, and expressive. So uh, let's just go for it now as we worship God. And experience him, experiencing him through the giving of our tithes and offerings, but also in the singing of songs that take us places in him and uh, engaging in simple worship. So um, I'll, let me pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, um, that you're an amazing God who loves us and just chases us. You made us, we're yours. And, and you love us and you, you come after us. And our only valid response is just surrender to you and responding to you. Thank you for the gift of music and song and how amazing they are and how life-changing they are and the things that you've done through songs and through music in your church and in the world. Thank you for those gifts. And Lord, we just pray we could steward them even better in our church family and in the kids, Lord, as they worship and connect with you through song. The entire extended family here at the Vineyard, we just want to say, Lord, make us even better stewards of the gifts of music and song that you've given us. Bring new songs, Lord, through the pens of men and women who are brave and courageous enough to write new songs. Lord, bring new songs to our family that means something for our setting, means something to us here, right here now. And we just ask for that in your name. Amen.